Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And uh, we do have some interesting stories floating around uh, the internet with respect to not only the future of boxing, but the future of uh, fights that uh, we fans all want to see, but for some reason won't be able to see because they're not going to happen. Um, let's start off with an article uh, that appeared on BoxingNews24.com entitled Boxing's Slow Death Continues. It's written by a chap by the name of Alex Fezzel, and uh, here it goes. Following news that Paramount Plus will be integrating Showtime into its streaming services later this year, it remains uncertain whether Showtime will be continuing its boxing programming as part of the merger. While it would make sense that Paramount Plus would keep boxing as it already supports various sports, including soccer, football, college, and and golf, among other sports. At the same time, HBO several years ago opted to discontinue boxing after over 40 years of telecasts, which suggests the same fate for Showtime's boxing programming could be in order. The optics of all this, that will be boxing, is fading as a sport, and the major networks are investing in other forms of entertainment and sports. So how do we get here? What is causing this slow death, so to speak? And the author continues to give his analysis. He starts off with promoters. Time and time again, promoters make fights that frustrate fans beyond belief. Rather than setting up logical fights, promoters will let fights marinate for a year or two, force unnecessary mandatory fights, and overall just get in the way of big fights. Fans are left watching boring and predictable fights instead. Promoters don't seem to understand in putting... Uh, on quality entertainment. It's a strange business model as the promoters are essentially running off the fans. His second point is pay-per-view. While promoters are forcing unwatchable fights, they're also selling these sorry matches on pay-per-view. The public is then obligated to pay sometimes over $75 per fight. What a tremendous waste of money for the fans. If you're already making a fight expensive for the viewers, then at least you can do is match the fighters fan actually match the fighters fans actually want to see his third uh, rationale here too many belts having one champion at each weight class makes most sense it's the only way you can really determine who is the best fighter currently there are four major boxing organizations wbc wbo wba and ibf not to mention a bunch of sub uh, boxing organizations as well. And they often have several confusing distinctions of secondary champions as well. Not only is it hard for casual fans to grasp why there are multiple simultaneous champions, hardcore fans can't keep up with the organizations stripping some belt holders and not others. It seems more like a free-for-all with these organizations making up belts, weight classes, and arbitrary rules on an ad hoc basis. The author goes on to describe ducking. Ducking is another complicated aspect of boxing today. Fight fans will often comment, why doesn't X fight X? Or X and X are both champions, why don't they fight? Or X chose to fight X instead of X. On a surface level, the optics make it seem like nobody wants to fight each other. It couldn't be further from the truth. Fighters want to fight. They want to entertain the fans and put on an exciting show. 
Uh, the author believes the promoters are, on, are the ones dictating who fights who and when. Additionally, he says, promoters will have their fighters avoid fighting other boxers under different promotions. This way, it keeps the belt in-house and not going to other promoters and networks. Finally goes bad judges. Another unfortunate aspect of boxing is the bad judging. Often at the end of a fight, commentators and fans will be baffled at the judges' scorecards. What looked like a close fight will be complete blowout on the scorecards, or what looked like a complete blowout will be a razor-close decision on the scorecards. There needs to be some transparency in judging. It's unacceptable for a sport when you can't even determine who wins or loses definitively. Unless, of course, one of the fighters gets knocked out. With that said, the state of boxing is not very good. More and more fans are choosing to watch other sports and entertainment due to all of the above issues. A quick little note uh, to promoters, he adds at the end of his article. We need these fights in 2023. Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford. Arturbert Abiev versus Dmitry Bivol. Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. Tyson Fury versus Alexander Yusek. And Canelo Alvarez versus David Benavides, which leads me to some other articles I was finding on the internet today. Jack Tiernan, also of BoxingNews24.com, writes, Devin Haney, which I just, by the way, mentioned, I thought was a done deal. Apparently it's not. Devin Haney versus Vasyl Lomachenko. Negotiations are temporary stall due to money, and it's hoped that the two can bridge the impasse soon or else they'll have to move on. Mike Coppinger of ESPN reports that undisputed lightweight champ Haney, 29-0, was uh, concessions from the former three-division uh, champion Wilt Lomachenko, 17-2, in terms of money to make the fight happen for May 20th. That being the case, the 34-year-old Lomachenko will need to give up some of the money to Haney that he was hoping to get for the fight if he wants the opportunity to challenge for his four belts. Just how much extra money the 24-year-old Haney wants before he'll agree is unknown. If Loma refuses, Haney will either need to back down or go in another direction, perhaps defending against Isaac Pitbull Cruz or Shakur Stevenson instead. Top-ranked promoter Bob Arum would probably be overjoyed if Haney were to defend against Stevenson because that would be an in-house fight and allow Shakur to become the undisputed champion in his first fight in the 135-pound division. That would work out beautifully for top rank because this is Haney's last fight under contract with them, and he's expected to move on rather than re-up with them. If you're Haney, it might be a better option to go in the direction of Lomachenko unless he wants to face Pitbull Cruz. That's a winnable fight for Haney, and he can finish his contract with top rank with a sure thing victory. Uh, with respect to the uh, concessions, uh, Mike Coppinger says, what else? Bernardo, money. I spoke to Devin earlier today, and he said he's looking for some more concessions from Lomachenko, like he said he'd give, but he wouldn't go into details, and I can only imagine it's money. All right, speaking of money, Chris Williams reports that Showtime president Stephen Espinoza has revealed that a combination of Terrence Crawford's stubbornness, insistence on getting transparency for expenses, and the slowness of his responses to the deal points ultimately sunk the negotiations for the Errol, Spite, Errol Spence Jr. fight. 
Espinoza says if talks do restart for the Spence Crawford clash later this year, there's going to need to be some changes made on Crawford's part for the fight to have a chance of happening. Avanazian came to fight, and I think Crawford's fans were getting a little bit impatient. You're usually seeing him break out, and there's a little bit of bold fighting out of the blue, and then it was over, said uh, Espinoza of the Showtime uh, Fight Tub, Fight Hub TV uh, clash. Uh, when Terence Crawford fought Abnasian earlier. So maybe there's a little bit of ring rust there. He had a decent opponent. Terence took his time, and it was an impressive result. Well, it's still an attractive fight. No one's going to hold grudges and say we're not going to deal with him just because the first time didn't go the way we wanted, as Spinoza continued, uh, when asked if they plan on restarting negotiations for Errol Spence and Terence Crawford. There are other factors now. The mandatory has been ordered and is all, all that to consider. There's the assumption, oh, well, you can wave a magic wand to make it go, go away to get a Crawford fight. I just don't know if that's the case right now. It's not as simple as that. So it's a wait-and-see game. Now, speaking of wait-and-see game, you got Eddie Hearn going back to promoters being the number one issue in fighters uh, choosing who they're going to fight, which is not really up to them. It's up to the promoters. Eddie Hearn had his weekly chat on the zone, another boxing show, and he gives some updates on the upcoming uh, Saturday show uh, where he's got uh, uh, Amanda Serrano going up against Erica Cruz. And he also wants to talk about uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez. And also he, he puts in his two cents with respect to the Bivol better be a fight, which is complicated, he admits. And not only that, the Jake Paul and Tommy Fury clash. He says, I know we've got a great card on Saturday. Amanda Serrano has been looking to become undisputed for a long time. It's Puerto Rico versus Mexico, and Erica Cruz is our champion as well. If Amanda comes through, there's a very good chance you're going to see Taylor versus Serrano too in Ireland later towards the summer. So he says, uh, yeah, you know, you've got to leave a little bit for the official announcement. You can't save everything these days. Now, there's also Baumgartner, who just beat Michaela Mayer. She's an incredible success story and goes for Undisputed herself at 130. Uh, Richardson Hitchens is a great fight as well. Yankeel Rivera, Puerto Rican Olympian. Rama Ali, Sky Nicholson, Aaron Aponte, Harley Menderos. It's a great card Saturday, and it's going to be a full-up Hulu theater at the Garden. So let's, he, uh, he then moves on to Terrence Crawford. And uh, the comments made recently by Golden Boy's uh, Oscar De La Hoya. There's a couple of guys sort of stringing around right now. And a lot of people who look be making fights. The phone, phone's ringing a lot more with me lately. And certain fighters are looking to make moves. Looking to jump sides of the street, so to speak. And all that. I think people now are bored of waiting so long. Bored of fighting once a year. Bored of fights falling through. Boxing has to fight back against the YouTube world, which I don't have a problem with. You saw on Saturday night, Yardi and Better Be have really good fight. Obviously, this weekend we're at Hulu at the Garden. Lee Wood against Maurizio Lara coming up. We need to make fights that have a 50-50 mentality. Terrence Crawford wants to be in those fights, but I saw Oscar get himself in a bit of a little bit of trouble because he said, we can do Crawford against Roca, then Crawford against Ortiz, and then Crawford against Spence. So he didn't give his guys much chance in those fights. But I've done that before. Yeah, it's with a laugh, apparently. 
when asked about the Bivol Bidivir situation, he says, uh, when we analyze Bidivir versus Yarde, I say this, great effort on Yard's part, great heart, great ball, stood in there. But what I also saw was a great performance from Arda Bidivir. If you know boxing, whether you think he's behind or not in that fight, he was in total control all the time, said uh, Eddie Hearn. When the shots were coming back, he was positioning his feet. He was bringing Yard into shots. He was breaking him down round by round. It was a really good performance from Berdabiev. He's a fantastic fighter. Callum Smith is the WBC mandatory uh, to Arter Berdabiev with no exceptions. Dimitri Bivol has wanted that Berdabiev fight for a long time. You see in the build-up to fights these days, people say, yeah, we want the undisputed fight. Well, let's see if they've got the same enemy energy now <laughs> because uh, Dimitri Bivol is ready to fight Berdabiev and it's probably one of the biggest fights in boxing. But also, Canelo Alvarez wants to fight Dimitri Bivol for undisputed at 168. Bivol's in a good position for me. I would like to see Callum Smith against Better Biev, probably Anfield in early summer after Ramadan, and Dimitri Bivol perhaps against Joshua Boazzi in the spring. Then Bivol fight Canelo at 168 for undisputed, and then straight away fight Better Biev for the undisputed or Callum Smith at 175 as well. There's so much that can happen. Listen, Bivol may want to go into an undisputed fight with Better Bia. We've got Calm Smith, we've got Bivol, we've got Canelo Alvarez. This is where it really gets exciting, but we've got some massive fights to be made at 175. Mm. Um, Better Bia and Bivol is one of the best fights in boxing, says Hearn. Make no mistake, the best 175-pounder in the world right now is Dimitri Bivol. Unquestionable. I don't care who's unified. I'm telling you, Who's the best? And that's Dimitri Bivol. Good point to argue. So on where Canelo uh, may return uh, is right now, he says, Canelo Alvarez's plan is to fight John Ryder in May and then Dimitri Bivol in September. I spoke to Eddie Renesso last night. We're working on possible venues for those fights. We were planning with Eddie and Saul this year and next year. Obviously, we've got Benavidez versus Plant coming up. Edgar Belanga is making a lot of noise. If he can get a couple of big wins, I think that's a good fight against Canelo Alvarez as well. The priority is May against the mandatory John Ryder, then moving towards Dimitri Bivol for undisputed at 168. And then he was asked about uh, his interest in Edgar Belanga, by the way. He's a big name, said, said Hearn. He's got big support in boxing. People are very quick. He had 16 uh, first-round knockouts and then went the distance a couple of times, and then apparently he's overrated, and that's what's happening in boxing. But if Edgar Blanga can headline a couple of shows against high-level world-ranked composition and prove that he's a contender for Canelo Alvarez, you have a fantastic Mexico versus Puerto Rico fight there. But he has to establish himself as a world champion contender against that opposition, and I believe he can do it. I'm sure we'll speak to Berlanga's manager, Keith Connolly, our friend, and the team to see if we're in the mix for Edgar Berlanga. And finally, on Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, whether it's actually going to happen or not, it sounds like there's now some money for that fight in Saudi Arabia, so I think it'll happen. It's a good fight. I mean, it's not obviously Bivol against Better Biev and fights like that, but it's a 50-50 fight and a lot of fun. So why not? I think it's different. Uh, to the YouTube boxing. It's a professional boxer against a YouTube boxer. Uh, they're not anyone near world level, but it doesn't matter. You'll have, a lot, you'll have a lot of fight fans out there that aren't world level, but are entertaining. 
sorry, you have a lot of fights out there that aren't world level, but are entertaining. So I think it's a good fight that's going to get a lot of attention. And I think that's good for boxing. Uh, on the potential for uh, Serrano versus Baumgartner, if both win on Saturday. Hmm. Katie Taylor, he says, might have something to say about that because I think she'll be in attendance Saturday night. But Taylor Serrano, Taylor Baumgartner, Serrano Baumgartner, Chantal Cameron against Taylor, against Baumgartner, Jess McCaskill as well, with belts up at 147. That's the great thing about female boxing is these girls are up for fights against anyone. Anyone that can better their career, give them that legacy, give them those belts. That's honestly one of the most motivating things about women's side of the sport is I'm not seeing any roadblocks, any egos, any managers and lawyers trying to stop fights and opportunities. We're just seeing the best fight, the best. And that's one of the reasons we've seen the growth and rise in women's boxing. We will all agree to that for sure. Let's have a quick look here and see. Oh, <laughs> Sean Jones from Boxing News 24 chimes in and says, Matchroom promoter Eddie Hearn could be an obstacle to having the Dmitry Bivol versus Utter Bedeviev undisputed clash next because he's got other fights he wants to take place, which he just admitted he did. Hearn says he wants WBA light heavyweight champ Dmitry Bivol to fight Watsi Boatsi, Joshua Boatsi next one of his matchroom stable fighters on top of that hearn wants ibf wbc and wbo champion better be of 19-0 to fight callum smith in his fight next uh this year like boatsy callum is also one of Hearn's fighters so there's no incentive to make the bivol better be of next there's less to gain for Hearn to make uh, the better the better be of versus bivol fight next because it's just one big payday rather than a handful that would happen by Hearn delaying the match until later in 2023 so the two fighters face his matchroom fighters first. Uh, fights standing in the way of Bivol Betterbeev. Uh, it's Bivol versus Boatsi, Betterbeev versus Calum Smith, and Bivol versus Canelo Alvarez. We're talking about two in-house fights for Hearn if Bivol faces Boatsi and Betterbeev defends against Callum next. In looking at it from that standpoint, it's not surprising that Hearn isn't showing interest in making the Bivol versus Better Biev fight straight away. Technically, Callum, who's 29-1, is Better Biev's WBC mandatory, so he could be forced into the fight if the WBC orders it next to happen. However, Better Biev's promoters at top rank could easily pay Callum to step aside so he could fight Bivol. Provided Callum doesn't ask for an absurd amount of money, he could be paid a to step aside, allowing Better Bayev to face Bivol next in May or June. Well, let's see then what uh, Mauricio Suleiman, the president, has to say about that. As we've all just discussed, Arthur Better Bayev wants to fight Dimitri Bivol for the undisputed lightweight supremacy. Dimitri Bivol wants to fight Arthur Better Bayev for the undisputed light heavyweight supremacy. Both Bob Arum and Eddie Hearn have usually grudgingly acknowledged that they'd let Arthur Betterbeev fight Dimitri Bivol for undisputed light heavyweight supremacy. But Mauricio Suleiman, head honcho over at WBC, said no. He said that Bivol had yet to approach the WBC about the fight and that the sanctioning body was very clear, quote unquote, about its position on Russian and Belarusian fighters. 
Thus, mandatory challenger Callum Smith is next in the docket. There are so many layers of idiocy at play here, says the author. Um, let's have a quick read here. Who is the author? Patrick Strumberg. There are so many layers of idiocy at play here that it's hard to decide where to start. So let's just go with the fact that Suleiman is waiting to treat Better BF like a Canadian, but deems Bivol, who was born in Kazakhstan and lives in California, as a Russian. Bivol is not funded, managed by, or in any way associated with the Russian government. Blocking this fight does literally nothing but let Suleiman do what he always does, which is couch his blatantly self-serving hypocrisy in fake honorability. It's the same crap he does when not letting women fight three minutes based on a study he intentionally misrepresents. Look me in the eye, says the author, and tell me you believe for one millisecond that Suleiman would accept these same standards apply should Bivol drop to 168 and fight Canelo. There are a handful of potential up outcomes, but my money, says the author, is on Suleiman getting a fat sanctioning fee and going, well, you see, Bivol lives and trains in California, so it's fine. Nobody in power will call him on it. Woo! So there you go, fight fans. All the news uh, fit to print. Yes, we're looking forward to the, the card on Saturday. Thanks, Hippie. And uh, especially those women fighters. Love those women fighters. And they're getting better and better. And uh, as, as I said earlier, no egos at play, no managers are squabbling, uh, no lawyers involved saying no. So let's see what happens after Saturday's victories. Uh, thanks for joining me once again, fight fans around the world. Appreciate it very much. Uh, join me later on at 4 p.m. for uh, Knuckle Up with Mike Corn and Cedric Ben. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and hit that notification bell.